This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Happy Tuesday to you and happy World Radio Day. Is that what it is? World World Radio Radio Day? Day. Ah, I had no idea. Is that where we celebrate radio around the world? Yeah, let's choose to do that. (laughs) <laughs> the dying industry that it is. Yes. You know, they say that it's dying, but I people still listen to the radio all the it's time. It's consolidated and yeah. it's not funded. It's not well funded. Yeah. The content is not funded. It's more like we have these uh, restaurants, but we're no longer serving, uh, you know, the fine dining <laughs> menu. We have nachos. Yeah. We have nachos <laughs> and hot dogs. And Take we it or ha- leave it. We hired a kid and uh, he's doing minimum wage uh, traffic and weather. Mm. together on the 8th yeah i don't know yeah uh, did you hear about this story out of the it's this bay area man he's 101 years old he drove away from his home in santa rosa yesterday drove at 101 down 101 no he is 101 i don't know if he got on to 101 <laughs> i am the 101 <laughs> he was driving as his white 2018 subaru legacy okay and he drove away from his home on Montgomery Drive at about 4.30 in the afternoon. They say he was likely headed for Goat Rock Beach out in Jenner, but he hasn't been seen since. This one oh. man who's 101 years old. So oh. they say he's at risk because of his age and declining health, so they're looking for him. So if you see the Subaru Legacy, I have a license plate. I don't know if it works as well giving it on YouTube as it does giving it in the car, like when you know we're on the radio. But yeah. it's 8CWR708. 8CWR708. This little little old man, if you see him. Do they uh, say if he, he has a, I mean, obviously he's older. Do they say if he has a history of dementia? Or? They said he's at risk due to his age, his declining health, and mental health issues. Right. So that's all I, yeah. that's all I know. That's his sad. name is Gunther. Well, I Gun- hope there's a happy ending for uh, I do too. For, uh, 101. Gunther. Wow. You don't like yeah. to see that happen to somebody. No, um, and um, yeah. you know, you know what else was on the loose? Hmm. Alligator. Alligator. Put this one in just for you. Alligator. I love a good alligator. This guy was captured though, and that's okay. Uh, he was on the lam for six months, so he had a nice long run at freedom. Aww. He was on the run in Pennsylvania. And he was found missing in Pennsylvania. He was, <laughs> he was he reported missing in September. Imagine the surprise of a couple of cyclists who were along the Kiski River when they saw this gator along the Roaring Run Trail. His name is Neo, this gator. Hmm. And he was reported missing again in September. They, the cyclists, these guys are ballsy. They actually picked Neo up and brought him the three miles back into town. I don't know how you do that while you're riding a bike. Hold a snout really tight while you're riding the bike. um, Duct tape. Something, I don't know. Neo then was turned over to- Need more duct tape. (laughs) He was turned over to Nate's reptile rescue. They said it's the 11th alligator that they have from Kiski Township. Mm -hmm. Somebody's bringing him up. I guess so. Neo is underweight. He'll be treated for an eye injury and transferred to another facility in either Texas or Florida. Once he grows to be more than six feet long, they're going to transfer him to where the gators really live, which is not, by the way, Pennsylvania. Mm. Yeah, not Pennsylvania. I I want to see the video. That's how our former president says it. Mm. I don't know that if you heard that. I want to see the video of the um, cyclist riding, holding this alligator. I mean, I know he's smallish, three feet long or whatever, yeah. but how do you do that? How do you ride a bike and hold an alligator at the same time? That could I mean, bite your face off. I mean, they obviously, they must have restrained it, covered its mouth. Maybe that's mm-hmm. their duct tape. Maybe they have an alligator rescue kit they just happen yeah. to have on them. Uh, maybe they have a basket, maybe. Oh, an alligator basket. That's yeah, fun. Alligator basket. Or like a sidecar. Uh, we have another sidecar, a sidecar with a gator. We have another story. I love these stories where an animal goes missing and they're somehow found. Not the missing part. <laughs> no, but miles and miles and miles away, like th- against all odds, they managed yeah. to make it home. And this is a sweetheart. A dog that went missing from a family friend's Colorado home in 2020 turned up four years later near Crazy. the Mexican border, nearly yeah. 600 miles away. Yo quiero Taco Bell. 
Benjamin <laughs> Baxter was 13 years old when he brought home a six-week-old puppy named Patches. But in 2020, he had to move to Nebraska for a job, and his new rental did not allow dogs. Patches stayed with a family friend in Callahan, uh, Colorado, while Baxter searched for a new home that would allow a pet. But she only had been staying with a friend for a couple months when she escaped. Baxter said he initially wasn't worried because Patches had a history of escaping, but as the days went on, there were no responses to the lost dog posters, and he gave up hope, I think, after about a week. Baxter's wife, Elizabeth, received a phone call on January 31st from his mother, who said she had been receiving calls about Patches being found in Las Cruces, New Mexico, but she suspected the calls might be a scam. Baxter contacted the shelter and was soon convinced that they did indeed have his long-lost furry friend. Patches was brought from New Mexico back to the family friend's house in Colorado, where Baxter said he will soon drive to bring Patches home for good. Um, you remember a lost, a lost dog was found in England in December after an even longer period of time, six and a half years. Do you remember that story? That was a dog named Rose fled home less than 24 hours after being adopted and was found living in the woods six and a half years later. Uh, the dog, now 12 years old, has been surviving on her own for nearly half her life, the organization said. Um, so, yeah, happy outcome for Patches and... Uh, and Patch's uh, dad dog, uh, Benjamin. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad he's home. That's so good. Yeah. This is a cute story. I love this picture so, so much. It's about little baby lions. I mean, they're cute until they grow up and eat your face off. But at this point, they're adorable. These lions and I'm gonna live, give you the video. Ready live at the Malama Lama Game Reserve in South Africa. And they were playing around. Can you still hear me? They were playing around and they had tons of energy and their mom doesn't. She's like, just God, please stop. Um, but <laughs> they've been lazing and relaxing. The adults kind of lazing there. The cubs were getting impatient. They had all this energy. They just want to play, play, play. So after a short while, they decided they had enough the waiting around. Play, 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 play. play. Um, and so they, yeah. They uh, they wanted to cross this bridge. It's a concrete bridge with no trees or rocks. Um, the six siblings all got up and they began to walk across this bridge, catching the attention of their mother, who's like, you can't go that way alone. Um, especially you, they don't leave the safety of the, the lion pride, right? You can't right. just walk away. Right. So the mother then follows them. And it's this really cute picture and video of the mom following her cubs along over this bridge and making sure that they're safe and that they're okay. It's kind of a cute thing. Very yeah. cool. Um, are you a beer drinker? No. I'm a wine is, right? I'm a wine drinker. Your husband's a beer guy? No. No? Okay. Never mind. We're not a beer uh, family. Well, for those of you who Crooked are uh, who are beer people, um, I you know why I want to do the story, because the headline is about February. Butter February. Oh. Get it? February. Can I tell you, Crooked Goat, Gro Crooked Goat Brewing is the newest brewery in Petaluma. Well, there we go. Mm -hmm. It's perfect for February. February. <laughs> it kicks off beer event season in Sonoma County and beyond. Beer drinkers in the know uh, recognize the Bay Area as a mecca for top-notch craft brews, and there's festivals, um, so there's plenty of opportunities to get your beer in. Sonoma County may be best known for its world class wine, at least in the um, McAllister household, but beer drinkers <laughs> in the know recognize the region as a mecca. While satisfying suds can be found in the Bay Area year-round, beer event season typically kicks off in February with the release of Santa Rosa's February Beer Passport. Uh, those who sign up for the free digital passport can collect points by checking into each of the 15 participating breweries, collect enough points to qualify for special beer passport prizes, including a commemorative lanyard, and metal that doubles as a bottle opener. The first 100 people to redeem a lanyard will receive 30% discount to the Beer City Festival on February 24th in <laughs> Santa Rosa's old courthouse square. You know who's really into beer? Our former colleague, Karen Reed, who was the sound engineer oh, yeah. in the afternoons. She's yeah. uh, probably up there right now uh, reading a book. Uh, SF Beer Week is February 9th through uh, 18th. So that's, that's going on right now. Um, spanning two weeks, actually. But they call it Beer Week, of course. The highly anticipated SF Beer Week kicks off or kicked off a couple days ago with loads of beer-centric events uh, throughout the Bay Area. While it's nearly impossible to narrow down which uh, which one not to miss, some highlights include the Brew It Yourself with Admiral Maltings in Alameda mm -hmm. on the 17th, the Bay Area West Coast IPA competition in Rich at Richmond Republic on uh, February 17th, the uh, celebration of craft beer at Trummer. Is it Trummer? 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 I think Trummer. 
Brewery right. in Berkeley, February 17th, and the fifth there. annual Hazy versus West Coast IPA showdown at State of Mind in Los Altos on February 17th. When is it that the, um, without triggering another Gene Burns February, when is it, February. when does it, um, the Pliny the Younger or Pliny the Elder come out? We're, we're getting that's the, oh, Okay. That's we're the big it. deal. Like every year that comes out and there's yeah. lines right all the way down the road. Right now we're focusing on February. Mm. Uh, so the Beer City Festival, which is in Santa Rosa, is um, from 11 to 430. And that's um, coming up on Saturday, February 24th. Uh, there's actually an optional half marathon <laughs> followed by mm. unlimited beer tasting, food and live music at the old courthouse square in Santa Rosa. If um, if you're interested in that, it's Beer City Fest dot com slash santa rosa um pliny the younger release is in april oh, so okay. that's it's windsor i guess but they're calling santa rosa windsor yeah. that's uh, that goes on uh, march 22nd yeah uh to uh april 4th so beer fans from around the world flock to the russian river brewing company in sonoma county to celebrate the annual release of pliny the younger the iconic triple ipa that will celebrate its 20th anniversary in 2024. So that's just a little bit of over light, uh, over uh, overview of all the uh, the beer festivals. If you want more details, it's in uh, the Press Democrat, pressdemocrat.com. Yeah, very fun. That crooked gro- goat that you're, why can't I say goat today? <laughs> crooked groat. Crooked, crooked groat. <laughs> crooked grout. Crooked goat. They have a new facility in Petaluma. It's like a brewery where the beer is brewed on site and then they have a, it's like a tasting room restaurant but they yeah. don't serve food there. The food is delivered from the burger place next door, which is the new Acme Burger in Petaluma. But it's a really cool place, and they have a, a an event space for parties, and it's just it's a nice addition to town. Crooked Goat Brewing, cool. Yeah, um, John's saying it came out the Plenty of Younger came out Febru- um, February 9th. Um, I, I'm guessing I'm not familiar, but I'm guessing that this is just the celebration of it. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, maybe they released it early. Huge thank you to Wes for the $5 super yes, sticker starting Wes. us off today. Thank really you. Reliable it. Wes funding this show every day. We it's really, it. really nice. We thank you for that. Um, and SF Tesla writing today, Mardi Gras, pre-Valentine's Day, all on the same day. Uh, Kiss and Hug Somebody Day, Employer Legal Awareness World Without KGO Radio Day. Yeah, Aww. that's kind of sad, isn't ET it? ET Culture Day, is that as in like ET Extraterrestrial or ET Entertainment Tonight? <laughs> it's Entertainment Tonight, sure. <laughs> Right? I don't know. Um, mm. Sometimes this happens. Uh, We were talking about a show being removed for copyright violations. Yeah, sometimes if we do that, we got to cut some stuff out of it. And she knew that it was going to be a problem when she showed Jon Stewart today. So it's not a surprise to us. She knew she was going to lose all the... (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. Uh, We were demonetized yesterday. Kim and I are not sure what we said. But my guess was that it was one of Kim's like Debbie Downer stories. Because Kim was doing all like <laughs> like insects and yeah. dead people. And um, yeah, so we don't know why it was demonetized, but I asked mm-hmm. for a review on the field and uh, YouTube came back and remonetized it. So I'm yeah. not sure. something, something we said triggered, a, triggered the demonetization, which is funny. Well, I'm not going to get demonetized for this story. It's nice, mellow, like a a beautiful sunny day. Mm -hmm, That's right. Mm. There is a new effort to create lights that don't look like lights, but look more like natural sunlight. I thought you were going to say satellite dishes. No, it's a sunshine like (laughs) Sunday light. It's a pleasant alternative to sad lamps. (laughs) This is... um, their whole idea behind this was trying to boost mood lighting because mm. of the dreary English winter. So a couple of designers invented this overhead light that restores and recreates the feeling of a sunny day. It's called the Sunday light, and it has a small but powerful LED light suspended under a reflective panel. And the panel then diffuses the light in oh, a similar okay. way to the Earth's atmosphere. Dispersing, okay. <laughs> and then it's dispersed across the room. Now yeah. I don't know what that long thing is hanging down. Well, didn't they just say it was LEDs shining back up on the disc? Is right? that what that does? Yeah, so it, looks it looks kind of like, like a boom mic hanging down. But yeah, it looks like that's the light source, and then it's it's reflecting off that disc and diffusing. 
and it's diffusing and then dispersing across the room. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, designed to fight seasonal affective disorder. You know, when the days kind of get mm-hmm. gray and dreary outside and people get a little depressed. So you have this light I live and in it's San supposed Francisco. to yes, I know. <laughs> brighten up your day. <laughs> the Sunday light uh, provides enough sun-like light to improve energy, mood, and alertness. So that's kind of cool. Um, it's different than other lights that are supposed to do the same thing. Uh, it, it doesn't. It's not harsh. It doesn't have a, a harsh type of light. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's kind of cool looking. It really um, does look like um, kind of mellow. I like it. Yeah. Let's look at. The, there's a second photo here. Mm-hmm. It yeah. looks nice. I don't know the aesthetics of the. Like, couldn't they design it without the? I don't know the thing hanging down. Hanging like down. Is. I don't looks know. Broken. It doesn't it look like what's that hanging thing hanging off your light? Yeah. The, Even if it wasn't as diffused, I'd rather have the light source like maybe behind it and diffuse through whatever. I don't know. I'm so not a fan of the aesthetic. They say that um the words bright and white light have negative connotations, but that's actually what sunshine is. And it's um a spectrum that doesn't quite match the sun. So they have this kind of blue tinge, which feels unpleasant and fluorescent-y. And yeah. in this case, with the Sunday light, the f- light has a high color rendering index, which means that even though it's cool in terms of color temperature, it looks more natural and it looks more pleasant. It's also yeah. indirect, which is kind of a key thing. Yeah. Um, that's me- with the metal arm uh, pointed toward diffusing reflector panels suspended from the ceiling that's what gives it that indirect feeling so they said the effect is much like happen what happens with the earth's atmosphere that the panel appears sky blue when the light is on when a white hot spot uh with the light hits it directly so kind of cool interesting laurie saying better than sitting in front of a, a light box for hours and sk mm. willis saying i need that light um yeah. Uh, don't don't read this comment but uh, we were talking about being demonetized and i actually yeah. joked with kim about this so just uh read that or don't read that out loud yeah that's what we that. thought beth yeah that's, that's exactly what, what john was. accused me of saying it she didn't but think it was she with... said it and i went back to the zapruder film and i clipped it and i yeah. sent her a clip so that I probably did. was it and then when the human went back maybe they didn't uh, or maybe they but it wasn't just that word beth add a ty on the end and i was in the middle of of another word that i was making fun of but it did sound like that so yeah yeah and i thought kim did it on purpose she's like no i would never i would never (laughs) i see i would (laughs) (laughs) oh tell me about my face what my face means or willem defoe's face or willem what your face face says about you according to science an interactive chart now reveals and if you want to check the story out for yourself, it's on dailymail.co.uk. You, and you can use this interactive chart. Reveals how people perceive you based on everything from the size of your cheeks to the movement of your eyes. Oh. Ever looked at the mirror to see what messages you're, you've been unknowingly giving off to those around you? Whether we like it or not, our faces are hugely important in shaping how we are perceived. And some studies even suggest that our faces reveal hidden details of our personalities. From mm. the size of your cheeks to the movement of your eyes, there's a lot to discover in the humble mug. So what does your face say about you? Eyebrows, whether it's an inquisitive raised brow or deep frown, our eyebrows are very expressive. The brow is so important that a study from the University of York even suggests that it might be a vital part of our human evolution. The research suggests that jutting eyebrows gave our ancestors the ability to communicate a wider range of emotions, which helped them forge a vital society bond. So Um, my, my Scottish eyebrows are working out? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Co-author of the paper uh, said tiny movements of the eyebrows are also key, a key component in identifying trustworthiness and deception. On the flip side, it's been shown that people who have had Botox, which limits eyebrow movement, are less able to empathize and uh, identify with the emotions of others. So simply having big eyebrows can make you appear more trustworthy and empathetic. So um, good for me and my, my eyebrows. (laughs) <laughs> but it also mm-hmm. matters where your eyebrows are on your head, according to researchers from the University of Glasgow, where your uh, people are from. They analyzed the snap judgments people make and found that faces with raised eyebrows were seen as richer, more trustworthy, and warmer. Lower eyebrows, on the other hand, were considered a sign of being untrustworthy. However, the researchers note that these uh, might be more of a reflection of stereotypes than real personality difference. Um, yeah, so uh, there's a tendency to overgeneralize and overgeneralize uh, from hmm. a very 
socially useful observation. For instance, it's useful to be able to observe someone's eyebrows because this tells us a lot about their emotions, um, that we are hypersensitive to facial appearance that resembles cues related to judgments, right? Facial mm -hmm. cues tied to these judgments then go on to affect judgments of other traits that we associate with them, but uh, they also affect judgments of personalities. Uh, moving on to mouths, it doesn't take a psychologist to tell a person uh, to tell that a person who smiles might just be happier. But then the mouth also plays a vital role in our perceptions of other people. The same study found that faces with downturned mouths were perceived as being poor, less competent, colder, and untrustworthy. Um, oh. They explained that these perceptions might also have their roots in some valid and socially useful observations. Because it is evolutionarily important, humans are extremely sensitive to subtle differences in people's mouths and how they relate to emotion. We tend to make assumptions about characteristics like warmth and trustworthiness. Um, scientists say that people downturned mouths appear colder and less trustworthy. Could this be the secret to how William Def Willem Dafoe, pictured uh, here, can play such a convincing villain? Interesting. While it might seem odd to include characteristics of wealth uh, or class, uh, these also stem from our habit of overgeneralizing. So I thought this was interesting. If you want to take, uh, they talk about face shape and other things. Uh, it's, at, it's at the Daily Mail, uh, dailymail.co.uk. Mama Day 3 Boy says, I have RBF. I know what people think about me. <laughs> <laughs> people come up to me and they're like, especially now that I have the beer, they're like, um, somebody came up to me at a bar when I was hanging up from the like, Why so serious? Oh, which is an annoying thing to say, especially because I used to work in a bar. It's like sometimes you're mm -hmm. just tired, whatever. It's like, yeah. um, my my mental thought in that moment, I don't say it out loud, is like, I'm not here to entertain you. It's like, like men who tell you to <laughs> smile. Yeah, like, yeah, smile, darling. Wal Walter says, look, What is a be prettier? <laughs> what does a unibrow say about a person? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, I thought that was interesting. They, I was reading the article along with you, and it, it said if you have a wider face, you're supposed to have a higher sex drive. Mm. Mm. Men with a higher face are seen to have more testosterone, which is kind of interesting. Higher if face? A wider. Wide. A wider face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that if you have a, um, a chiseled jaw... Which you can't, I can't see your jaw. No. But if you have a I mean, chiseled jaw, you have higher confidence and social boldness. Did you say that already? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying not to read the whole, you know, the whole article. Yeah. I just think that's interesting. Uh, it's really cool, though. You can check it out and then figure out what your face tell says about you. What it says about you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Meanwhile, um, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about a fancy schmancy restaurant. Can we? Because I always like this whole. And this isn't really biomimicry because it's not a device. It's just a restaurant. Oh, watch out. Itty, itty, itty. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a restaurant hit, hit, hit. that is um, It's in the Maldives. And it's built over... It's called the Overwater Restaurant because it's built over water, as you can see. And it's a Japanese restaurant. And it's raised on an existing jetty that extends out from the shoreline. It's a bamboo structure with tree-like columns to support a wavy roof. And because in the surrounding water, there are pink whip rays that are known for frequenting this part of the shore, they decided they wanted art, or in this case, building to imitate the life around it. So this restaurant was designed to resemble the shape of the whip rays or the stingrays that are found in this lagoon. It's a stingray restaurant. How cool is that? Very nice. I, I think it's awesome. So yeah, it's um it's an undulating bamboo structure and it's got a spine-like ridge, timber shingles. Inside they have the timber shingles. They hope someday, look at how cool that is with a wavy tail and everything. It's so it's meant to look like a, a stingray a pink whip ray yeah um, and maybe it's because i watch too much you know i watch the news too often and and to have a tendency to focus on the negative mm -hmm. uh, but the first thing i think when i see this is as nice as it is is like climate change oh that thing's enjoy, going down enjoy yeah. it while it's there exactly because mother if mother nature wants it as we it's saw earlier bamboo and it's some houses on a cliff yeah it's if mother nature claims it it's that's it yeah hurry up Make but... your uh, reservations today. <laughs> so the slimmer portion of the roof is intended to represent the tail of a stingray. But here we are inside, and you can see that 
Um, it looks like this organic form from it's made from straight bamboo poles that provi provides stability to the structure in all directions. They didn't realize at the time what they were doing, but they say by coincidence, we realized only after the structure was built that the interior space feels a bit like the mouth of a giant manta ray with the rhythm of the gills that filter plankton out of the seawater. Mm -hmm. Totally by accident they did this. The timber shingles are gracefully, gracefully and gain a gray silverish patina over time. So they're hoping that with the layered pattern and the patina over time, the roof will resemble the scales of a fish. Pretty cool. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So between the inside of this place and the outside, it's going to be a destination until the ocean claims it, which, you know, yeah. could happen. John has Why is there nobody there? Because I think they're just opening it. It's new. Yeah. 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 Or maybe the, everyone saw it and were like, uh, it's, by cold. The way, it's cold out today. <laughs> the bar is coated in black bamboo. Mm. Mm. It's a pretty place. I mean, the views are incredible. You can sit on the uh, in the restaurant and watch the the pink whip rays flick by. Cool. Walter's saying, "I'd hate to be the contractor who had to build that." Oh, <laughs> I'm sure they were paid handsomely. No, I want the tail to be go up and then down. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's all cool. Gotta be bamboo. It's all I have the whole bamboo. Anyway, I thought that was kind of cool looking. Yeah, and um, from restaurants and uh, seeing this surreal experience, how about we talk about those who like to stay at home and get baked? Yeah. Welcome to California. Um, the state of California. <laughs> That's not a real sign, is it? No. The state of California. <laughs> I was going to say, no. We can't welcome people like that. We're on our way. The state of California, I mean, are you ready for it? The state of California is selling bongs now. Wait, Where? If you're in Los Angeles looking for a new set of bongs this week, the state of California will be competing with your local shop. On Friday morning, just head to the parking lot of the CHP office on West Washington Boulevard near Are downtown you LA. Are you kidding me? Where the state will be auctioning off a trove of items that were seized from 10 local shops that together own, no. owed millions of dollars in unpaid taxes. It's the unclear. CHP is, off, is auctioning off drug paraphernalia. Are you kidding me? Well, it's legal. It's unclear what price state officials will be starting the bidding at, but you can't buy pieces individually. Instead, you'll have to bid on an entire collection of items that were hauled away from one of the 10 pot shops. There will also be a much, uh, much more for sale besides just water pipes, in addition to three glass bongs. The first collection of items for auction includes one monitor, five televisions, one speaker, one ladder, two sandwich boards, one projector, six crowd control poles, one snow cone machine. There you go. Two cameras, one raffle wheel, and at least two shelves. A other raffle wheel? <laughs> other interesting that. items. That's what I want. Scattered across the seas collections include an air purifier, a soundboard, a refrigerator, lazy boy chair, portable air conditioner, framed mm -hmm. art, and other things that just sound expensive, like AC, infin AC infinity filter or a oh. Pro Master Still Life Studio. Uh, marijuana was not among the items listed for sale. No. In the news release, the California Department of Tax and Fee Administration said that officials seized the items while serving search warrants for unpaid taxes. The mm. release, release said that nine of the 10 pot shops were, e oh, they were illegal businesses operating in Los Angeles and that collectively they owed $14.4 million in taxes. Seasoning, uh, seasoning, seizing, <laughs> you can <laughs> season it too. Uh, seizing and auctioning property from cannabis business, businesses that evade the law is a tool to recover taxes owed to the state, according to their agency director. Uh, the LA Times reported that this is the first time the state is auctioning off personal items seized from a pot shop. In the past, <laughs> only commercial property has been taken from these pot shops and sold at auction. Yeah, so the, um, oh, the agency wow. has conducted... 2,200 inspections statewide and has seized $90 million in products and cash from businesses. Um, so the Friday auction is scheduled in uh, Los Angeles for 10 a.m. Winners can pay for their purchases with cash, money, or a cashier's check. You can't pay with uh, pop. Government cheese and bongs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Stay at home and get baked. Oh, how times have changed. That is the truth. So here's the portion of the show where I get us demonetized again. Are you ready for that? Or maybe Are you ready story. for it? We'll mm. see. Between one of these stories. There. <laughs> Hello. Oh. This is a protest called Free the Peach. The yeah. peach being the cheeks on your derriere. Uh -huh. Yeah. This is a demonstration uh, that is taking place this at a demonstration? Kar Karawa Beach. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is on Australia's Gold Coast. Mm. Why are they protesting? 
by showing their cheeks. Well, they are opposing calls for a ban on G-string bikini bottoms. <gasps> mm-hmm. Um, it's true. True story. So dozens of locals instead took to their skimpiest swimsuits, fighting for their right to wear what they want on the beach. Yeah, we are, BW Rock. You got it. They were rallying against remarks made by someone called Ian Grace, who was a former Gold Coast Volunteer of the Year Award winner, who said women and girls who wear G-strings are cheapening themselves. Thank you for the peach, Miss Organic. Uh, Mr. Grace made his concerns known in a letter to the mayor of Gold Coast this month, saying he had become distracted by women wearing triangle bikinis on the beach. He wrote, one young lady in particular was walking on the footpath on the main road and had the tiniest triangle in front and was as close to naked as anyone could be. You could see she was looking almost defiantly at people as they approached, almost daring them to say something. There is something very wrong here. And he said, while any man would enjoy the view, I believe women are very much demeaning and cheapening themselves, portraying themselves as sex objects, and decrying it when men see them that way. And so, apparently they want to ban G-strings and skimpy bathing suits from the beach. To which I say, maybe the women just want to tan and they don't necessarily want you ogling them, but they know you're gonna, so they have to deal with it. Maybe they don't want you to tell them what they can and can't wear. Ian, how about that? Anyway, he says, children and young girls in society, we need to teach them what's appropriate. And we know that that starts at the home. A bikini blanket ban is never going to be the solution. Not on the Gold Coast, says one of the owners of a swimwear company nearby. Uh, the conversation is much wider, but Who is because all this that conversation, all of this is happening. They have the the free the peach, free the peach uh, demonstration on Australia's Gold Coast. Like <laughs> get behind this kind of protest. Well said, John Watson. Nice. Yeah. Free the peach, indeed. I've never heard it called a peach before, but I'll take that. Really? Yeah. What do you think that emoji is for? Uh, Jim says, whoa, I just jumped <laughs> to the screen and my wife might be looking over my shoulder at this bikini shot. Grin. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Beth says, oh, men can't control themselves. Per put her in a burqa, says the Taliban. Oh, Lord. Really? I mean, yeah, you're right, Beth. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, come on. It's like. Yes, Mario. They should ban male Karens. That's right. Aren't they West called says, Kens? I think they're called Kens. Kens. Most other places in the world allow women to go topless if they want. The religious yeah. crazies have tainted the human body. Tainted. Mm. Demonetized. Tainted yeah. what we were about. Um, <laughs> I think it's time to take a break <laughs> before, we, before this channel gets shut down. Um, and then when we come back, we'll have more after party. Yes, okay we will. That? I think and that's the last tush that we're going to see today. But that was pretty good. <laughs> But if you want to see something cute by popular demand, here he is. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. For a dollar a day, you could help feed a very moody three-year-old cat with a taste for turkey and chicken. Every day across this world, cats go 30 minutes without food and don't know where to turn. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel, or at the bottom of the show description. Thank you for your consideration. Are you hungry? You want food? A party where you don't even have to leave the house. You could be naked for all we care. The After Party, live. <laughs> it is not a tushy show, Gordon. <laughs> Putting or maybe those messages it is. over Archie actually reminded me of he got his tushy um, clipped one time by the vet. Oh, yeah. They needed to examine him. Um, he was not happy. No. Not happy. No. Archie so doesn't I, care for this. I leave him alone. I do not. I do not trim that area. I um, have a couple. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. You, yeah, you, you don't. No. You're not a butt clipper. <laughs> <laughs> Next slide. A kitty butt clipper. There's turn, demonetization coming turn, again. Turn the page. Huge thank you to ongoing contributor Susan S. Wow, thank you, Susan. And Pamela K, who writes in with a special message. Hi, Kim and John. 
Valentine's Day tomorrow, 214, is my 30-year wedding anniversary. Pamela, Aww, 30 years? Pamela. Instead of flowers, I am making donations to my favorite former KGO hosts on YouTube. Happy Valentine's Day. What a lovely oh, thing. Thank you, oh Pamela. my goodness. I appreciate that. Well, we're celebrating your anniversary as well. As a matter of fact, I do believe this calls for um, celebration. It calls for celebration. It calls for, I think I have balloons. Don't I have balloons? I used to have balloons. Yeah. They're in the back. It calls for balloons. Here's some more. <laughs> oh, no, that's Christmas. That it calls Christmas. for the celebration balloons. There Woo! We go. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you for your um, 30 your years. I appreciate it. Speaking of generosity, mm. West T again with $10 for the love yeah. of God, feed that hungry cat. Oh, he's being fed. <laughs> he's being well fed. Thank you to all. I'll have to do a follow up and maybe get Archie to thank uh, everyone for the uh, high protein treats and uh, blue buffalo that he enjoys on nice. a weekly basis. It's never enough, but um, yeah, <laughs> kind of like a telethon. It's never enough, uh, never enough food for a cat. It but anybody who has a cat knows that. Uh, Charlotte's on a diet too. I should tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's tough, especially when you have a cat that's like uh, body slamming the door for more food. It's hard to say no to a big cat. Um, Charlotte is, uh, we took her to the vet and the normal weight for a, a female golden retriever is between 55 and 65 pounds. She weighed 65 pounds. So she's at the upper end. And the vet said, you might want to cut back on that food just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I think the average adult cat's like 10 pounds. Archie is part Maine Coon and he's at 13 pounds. Is that normal um, for a Maine Coon? I think it's potentially. Full full breed Maine Coons can be like, I think, like closer to 20 pounds. Like Oh, wow. Like in the higher teens. Um, but uh, this, this, uh, this uh, vet said that he should lose a little bit. But I noticed that he's really happy at 13 pounds. And yeah. do you want your cat to be happy? He's not like like <laughs> obese or anything. Right. Or do you want him constantly starving and uh, remembering that fact, you know, for when you're vulnerable down the line and sleeping? Oh, <laughs> like when you pass out and all of a yeah. sudden half your leg's gone? No. There's a reason why I keep his uh, paws trimmed. Or his, uh, Jim nails. with a $5 super sticker. Thank, Thank you, you so, Jim so Slayton. much. We appreciate that. And Archie yeah, we appreciate that. it. Um, Archie will not be eating salad. But salads in space, it looks like astronauts won't be uh, eating salad anytime soon. Not so fast. They might be dangerous. Lettuce and other leafy greens are part of a balanced diet for humans. And astronauts don't want to miss out while they're in space. Uh, over three years ago, NASA made space-grown lettuce available as a dining option for astronauts aboard the International Space Station. Now, instead of just eating things like flour tortillas and powdered coffee, they can chow down on salad. There's just one problem. The ISS, the International Space Station, is full of dangerous and aggressive bacteria mm-hmm. and, um, and fungus that can cause disease such as E. coli and salmonella. Every year, NASA and private companies like SpaceX, they shell out billions of dollars for space ex- exploration. And in light of this, researchers are concerned that a foodborne illness outbreak aboard the International Space Station could interfere with future missions. University of Delaware researchers have successfully grown lettuce under conditions that imitated the weightless environment of space. The team found that plants exposed to manufactured microgravity, weightlessness, were more susceptible to infections from salmonella. Um, So they're saying here the tiny pores in the leaves and stems that plants use to breathe usually close to defend a plant when it detects a stressor such as bacteria. During the microgravity simulation, it was revealed that the greens did the opposite. Once bacteria entered the picture, their stomata opened rather than closed. The fact that they're remaining open when we presented them with what would appear to be a stress was really unexpected. Of course, it wasn't true microgravity as the greens were rotated using a clinostat that makes the plants lose mm. their sense of direction. Ultimately, the researchers discovered that it appears salmonella can invade leaf tissue more easily under simulated weightlessness, microgravity conditions, than it can under typical conditions on Earth. In effect, the plant would not know which way was up, which way was down, and were kind of confusing their response to gravity. Um, they found that salmonella could have effectively invade the tissues. Uh, like we said, other University of Delaware re- researchers have demonstrated that a microbe called B. subtilis, tilis, UD 1022 can aid. I'm sorry, what's it called? Tillis. <laughs> and uh, defend. And uh, it can aid plant growth and defense against pathogens and other stressors. They added this uh, microbe thinking mm-hmm. it might help the plants fight off salmonella. Still, the plants were unprotected and vulnerable to infection, so it didn't work. But I think this is interesting that now they have to be concerned about bacterial infection of um, of lettuce. 
And if that's the case, maybe you go without salad. Maybe that's your excuse. I was thinking the same thing. Like, this whole story is telling me salad is not healthy to eat in space. So all the astronauts are like, fine, we'll take tang, we'll take tortillas. We didn't really want the salad anyway. You can keep your kale. No thanks. Yeah, so um, they're they're starting with sterilized seeds to reduce the risk. Um, That's one option, but um, they may need to alter the plant's genetics to prevent them from opening their stomata wider. Um, I think I'd rather skip the salad than um, have like a lab-modified leaf. I thought that was interesting. I think it is interesting. You know what I want? Um, Not a salad. Is I think it is not a salad. I think it's SF Tesla's birthday. Oh. Yeah. And so I believe that it's time for more balloons. So we have Pamela's 30-year wedding anniversary, and we have SF Tesla's birthday. I'm leaving him for a minute. This is great. This is good times. Good times. Celebrate the crowd. I love it. We have enough helium to get us through the show. <laughs> we have enough helium to get us through the show. Um, speaking of celebrating, you know, some people do that with a nice dessert. Uh, but they're really freaking out over this dessert in the UK. I have not seen this advertised in America. So I don't know if this is something that is happening or not. Is it fried? Because if it is, it's a it cookie. has a future... It is a cookie. I'll take the message down. And by the way, happy birthday, SF Tesla. Happy birthday. Um, it's, a, it's a cookie, but inside the cookie, it has a Cadbury cream egg, an entire oh. Cadbury cream egg. I'm not a huge fan of those. In they're the cookie. Over, they're a little overpowering. Well, you're, you wouldn't be the only one because apparently they are outraged. The conservative <sighs> folks in the UK are outraged really? over these new cream egg cookies they're sold by domino's the pizza chain that i guess also is in the uk who knew but they're all over the world conservative lord bethel of romford posed Hmm. uh posted a scathing tweet about this cookie that was just announced last week oh dear Domino's Pizza and Cadbury have been blasted by the former health minister after they teamed up to make this cookie that contains a whole cream egg Lord Bethel says, this is disgusting. There are, these are serious corporate food companies. What are they thinking? The executive team and the board and the shareholders should be ashamed of themselves. What's disgusting about it? I mean, other than the fact that... He's you know. reiterating that the team behind this cookie, available in Domino's stores, should be ashamed that they should use their talents to find less egregious ways to make money. He's thinking this is a huge, huge health problem. Um, he says, I hope the executive team are ashamed. It's not a free market. He's it's, not, right? it's not illegal, he said, but it is harmful. It'll weigh heavily on their future career prospects, and it's disgusting. They what should if the liberals know better. start making uh, decisions about your food, Lord Bethel? Mm, <laughs> I don't know. What if they made a salad cookie? He said, uh, the... Cream Egg and Domino's have sat together and said, what shall we do together? And this is what they've come up with. He said, the food brand teams decided to produce a recipe with your great brands behind it and use social media to market this to children, that it's a total abdication of responsibility. Half of their diet involves like fried food, like fish and chips and all kinds of like fatty foods and rich foods. So like, that's just ridiculous. It's just silly to make such a big deal. I mean, talk about marketing. I haven't even heard of the cookie until he decided to complain about it. John Watts is saying, get MI5 on it. Oh, indeed. Post haste. Deborah asking, when aren't they outraged? (laughs) Oh, dear. I mean, I would eat the cookie just to, you know, because he told me not to. Where are my weed smokers uh, at? Where are my weed smokers (laughs) at? Yeah, Yeah. there's a cookie for you. A spokesperson for Domino's told Sky News their normal cookies, which come in boxes of four, tend to be shared by customers. So they expect the cream egg cookie fans will be doing the same thing. They said it's a special edition cookie bringing together the iconic brands, uh, Domino's and Cadbury, designed to be a delicious pre-Easter treat, which can be shared. These cookies are 370 calories a cookie. Yeah. Mindy Which is asking, kind of in line with frappes and croissants, so you know. Uh, Mindy asking, aren't all sweet things a health risk? 
yeah, yeah. kind of. I mean, I just find is, it funny it, when conservatives want to interfere in free market capitalism because yeah. that's what they're all about, right? If if the market doesn't want it, the market won't have it. It's kind of a what happened to nanny state. We don't want nanny state. Yeah, being a hypocrite, well, Lord, Lord, what's I his name? Lord, Lord Bethel, Lord yeah, Bethel, Lord stick up his butt. I look at it at the same word <laughs> stick up his butt. I look at it the same way as fried Twinkies at the fair, right? right. I'm not gonna I don't that. want one. Yeah. But if somebody else wants to try it, it's not like they're eating them every day. It's your right. It's your God-given right. You, you try a, you know, a corn dog or a fried Twinkie at the fair or a fried ding dong or a fried yeah. pickle. I mean, I none of this is healthy for you. It does you. not look good. No, like, it doesn't I'm look good to me either. I'm not a huge fan. Every time I've had a Cadbury egg, it's like, oh, this is way, way too like intensely sweet. rich. Sweet, yeah. Yeah, and there's too much of it. Like sweetness yeah. needs to be spread out. Not too much sweetness, right? Yeah. So I, I like a Cadbury, uh, Cadbury a cream egg. I do. From cro- crooked groat. From crooked groat, <laughs> and a Cadbury cream Why egg. Are you, are you mocking me today by mispronouncing <laughs> everything? I think I'm just really tired. I don't know what my problem is. You're brought down to my level. I I, I can dig it. But um, I don't um I don't eat them all the time. I might have one per season. If I see them at the counter, I'm checking out somewhere. That's the way I am with the um what was the bunnies. What do we call those? The, peeps. The peeps. Mm. I'll have like one and then I'm like, oh yeah, this now is I'm disgusting. Done. I remember like, that. I I'll had have that. like one Big Mac a decade yeah. and like Oh, yeah, I used to work at McDonald's. These are not good. No. <laughs> they don't like this. <laughs> you know, everyone, so you just got to remind yourself what you don't like. Um, a new prosthetic hand what? becomes f- the first capable of sensing hot and cold temperatures. So if you're, oh. uh, if you got your hands on a Cadbury melted egg, you'll know that it's hot. Scientists have developed the first prosthetic limb that enables wearers to experience temperature sensations, including feeling the warmth of another person. Ooh, so Jean Valentine's there. Wait, Marking... but, but your body can't feel it, just the hand can feel it, right? The hand can feel it. It's prosthetic, so it must be delivering, um, you know, does we're it, getting then, to the Does it deliver no, a message to your you brain that tells your question... you Can you please hold warmth? your questions? Please hold your questions <laughs> to the end of the presentation, Kim. <laughs> I have questions. This so is many marking questions. a significant advancement in prosthetic technology. Dubbed the Mini Touch, this innovative innovative device is designed to significantly enhance amputees' abilities to connect with others by allowing them to perceive and react to temperature changes. The state of the art prosthetic transmits thermal information from the prosthetic hand's fingertips to the arm of the wearer, enabling amputees to distinguish between hot and cold with remarkable accuracy. For the first time in over 30 years, a user will be able to feel the warmth of another person's hands through their prosthetic. So it's basically replicating the warmth or cold on the other end of the prosthetic. Hmm. Makes sense? Yeah. Developed by a collaborative team. Do you have further questions? No. Okay. Asked and uh, answered. Yeah. <laughs> Developed. <laughs> Otherwise, we could have a sidebar. Developed by a collaborative team from Italy and Switzerland, the Mini Touch aims to bring back a comprehensive range of sensations uh, to those who have lost their limbs. Sensory feedback plays a crucial role in enabling amputees to interact more effectively with their surroundings. And this uh, Mini Touch, equipped with sensors that provide real-time thermal feedback, seeks to reintroduce the tactile experience for these people. That's pretty cool, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it was very emotional for this one uh, 57-year-old. After losing his hand after 37 years, um, he was overcome with emotion when he felt the warmth of another person through the prosthetic. That's wow. that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit about Salt and Pepper? Salt and Pepper, mm-hmm. like uh, like the band. Uh, no, this oh. is a Salt and Pepper shaker collection oh, to rival anybody's, wow. and. This is what happens when your parents are pack rats and they leave something behind and you're like, now what the hell am I going to do this with it? This is someone's parents? <laughs> My 20, parents would not have this. 20,000 items. A mom who was an archaeologist spent 35 years collecting thousands of salt and pepper shakers. Her kids say she was full of curiosity. They're from Tennessee and they're left all of these salt and pepper shakers. So what are they going to do? Well, they're continuing their late mother's dream of running a museum containing her extensive collection of unique salt and pepper shakers. They run the Salt and Pepper Museum in Gatlinsburg, Tennessee, as a tribute to their late mother. Yeah. She passed away in 2015. 
Over the years, she said, uh, my mom collected about 60,000 salt and pepper shakers Jesus. and opened a museum to show off the unique finds in so that 2002. Was that was it. That's the retirement plan. And they say honoring their late mother is what matters most now, to honor the vision that she had. So um, they are continuing to operate the Salt and Pepper Shaker Museum. Uh, it all started when the mom found a, a pepper mill she bought to replace a broken one. And from there, it went to Salt and Pepper Shakers, and she started to hunt for them everywhere. She loved the intricate designs, the varieties of the salt and pepper shakers. At one point, her collection, as uh, noted, ran about 60,000 items before she started giving some away um, to a relative and collector in Israel. Today, they have about 20,000 salt and pepper shakers in the family collection. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's impressive. And they are displayed in a certain order way in a certain order there's a certain rhyme and rhythm to what they're doing here um <laughs> but yeah I, I i don't know so if you're ever in gatlinsburg tennessee it's three dollars to get in and see the salt and pepper shakers open seven days a week they get twenty-five thousand visitors a year which is kind of a surprise oh, make, make yeah why not that's as many people as have subscribed to the Mark Thompson show. That's a lot of visitors. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and if you're in the, I don't know if they sell food or whatever, but you know, there's plenty of salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're, it will be well seasoned. You're, um, they say people expect, walk in not knowing what to expect and they come out with a whole new perspective or yeah. feeling like, thank God I'm out of the room with all that junk. Uh, I, they're cute. Salt and pepper shakers can be cute and interesting. You know, that's true. I hate to be yard duty today. It's my uh, job, um, okay. but we Is have Travel time? Tuesday to get to before we oh. run out of time. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, are we ready yeah. for Travel yeah. Tuesday? Bring it on. There's your Travel Tuesday logo. Mm. Thanks for not forgetting about me, John. <laughs> Someone over there is like, oh, that was salt and pepper. It's my time to shine, Kimberly. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, it's uh, Travel oh, Tuesday. That's so funny. <laughs> it's mostly just for you um a lot of these bits i think are like uh you know it's 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 time to move on but you know yeah. you uh wanted it to stay so it stays uh, it's a brand new route for this <laughs> world's most famous train but it'll cost you eight thousand five hundred dollars uh one way not round trip round way is it in taking travel... me around the world where's it taking me in travel news this week a european <laughs> no questions till the end of the presentation in travel news this week a european airline yeah ken calm down you're so impatient a european airline is weighing uh, passengers before takeoff you heard about that right yeah. well now a new luxury train trip that costs eight thousand five hundred one way uh is uh is uh on sale in june 2024 the world's most iconic luxury train route the venice simplon Orient Express will be oh, headed yeah. to Italy's Ligurian <laughs> coast for the first time in its long and prestigious history. Those illustrious carriages will be rolling from Paris to Portofino on a two-day journey. The price tag for those with budgets stretch that, that can stretch to it is 8500 one way. Elsewhere in Europe, a train route directly between Italy and Slovenia is being revived for the, for after, uh, the first time in after 100 years, which is impressive, mm. with the launch of a new high-speed seven-hour train service from uh, Milan to Ljubljana, um, which I had to learn how to pronounce because it's spelled L-J-U-B-L-J-A-N-A. -A. And when I was when I went there and I was staying with some, uh, I, I met some people and we were staying there, we referred to it as L-Jubs. Because if you look around the map, it's L-Jub, L-Jana, uh, Ljubljana. Um, but anyway, that's pretty cool. So um, tr train service in that part of the region, the Balkans, you know, um, was disrupted by the war. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've been trying to rebuild a train from, like, I think in Sarajevo, the train's been out of service for, what has it been, like 30 years? Uh, but there's so much corruption that, oh. and there's so much infighting between the political, uh, you know, because uh, they've got a, a Catholic government, a Muslim government, and an Orthodox government, and they take turns. They rotate. And whenever one of them is in power, uh, they won't fund the other religion, those groups' uh, projects. It's really messed up. But anyway, there's bus service in a lot of these areas. So it's pretty cool that a train from Milan to Ljubljana is uh, is going to open as soon as possible. Pretty cool. Well, that's, who's can afford $8,500 one way? Uh, people who uh, own Amazon.com. 
Oh, is that, it's the luxury train for the rich. Or Mark Thompson. I mean, who could afford to pay twenty one hundred dollars to get their luggage back? You know, some some people are, uh, you know, yeah, they live in large. They are, I guess. <laughs> Not us. <laughs> we're being demonetized over here. <laughs> okay, I'm taking you since we're running out of time. I'm taking you on the tr- on another trip. This time, though, we're taking a trip in an RV. It's the RV of the future. Mm. Oh, so we can afford this. No, we can't afford this either. We can't afford this, this is, either? No. Wait, what? We can't afford... This is really, really expensive. I mean, I'm talking really expensive. It's called the Pebble Flow. And the Pebble Flow is made by a company in uh, Sunnyvale. So it's Bay Area local, right? And it kind of has that, that sounds Apple, like a, Tesla, de- sleek... It sounds like another device for retirees. <laughs> Pebble Me- Flow. The men. The men in the crowd. So the Pebble Flow's cool in a way, maybe not in another way, but the Pebble Flow... (laughs) May want to talk to your urologist. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) The Pebble Flow is is self-powered. Okay, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, in two ways. So first of all, it's self-propelled. So it takes, you you know, you have to hook it up to a a vehicle to tow it, but it takes the load off the vehicle that has doesn't have to pull all the weight because the pebble is also self-propelled. So it takes some of the strain off of the car that's pulling Just it. Quickly, Calvin says it uses it looks like a USB flash drive. It doesn't does. it? A funny. giant USB flash drive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine somebody knocks into that thing and the whole glass is yeah, down. Says it looks like a sideways water bottle. <laughs> it totally does. <laughs> it's very space agey. Yeah. Uh, Your own Stanley it, Cup on wheels. It's yeah, it's very interesting. Let me show you their their website as well. Um, here's what this looks like. I have to take the picture down in order to show you the the um, the what the Pebble Flow looks like. Here it is. So this is the Pebble Flow website, and even their website is kind of space agey and weird looking. But they have a. Uh, you can see the Pebble Flow. There it is. They've designed Pebble Flow as the perfect combination of beauty and strength. It's it's weird. It's a lot of glass. Even you know inside. what I see when I see this again, focusing on the negative, mm. being targeted for uh, robbery. Well, it's safety. It's safety glass. And Does it also, have defense systems? Is that uh, air to air, so a surface to air? At some missiles? points, you can see inside, and then you flip a switch, and totally... then the glass darkens, and you can't see yeah. anything inside. Well, you don't need you from the outside. You're like, wait for them to come out, and then rob them. See, look on the inside. <laughs> it's all glass in there. I really long kitchen team. counter. It's interesting. They have this bed in in here. It's a Murphy bed. So at night, it flips up, and during the day, see the desk behind her. It's the desk, and you can even leave your computer on the desk and then flip the bed down so everything in, on your office desk stays if the same. If you have this kind of money, why are you in an RV? Why aren't you jetting from place <laughs> to place? It's open, airy living, John. Look at that. Yeah. it's got. Heather says that orange one looks like a big termite. It's got two beds. Here, let's go back and take a look at the bed. Oh, sorry. I'm going to go back and take a look at the bed. They're going to take us back there. Anyway, it's got this whole glass bathroom, which kind of freaks me out because you can see in. And yeah, then again, yeah. you flip a switch and the glass bathroom turns frosty, but you can still see inside. Until, until your kids or significant other flip the switch while you're in there. <laughs> and everyone's like, look at mom. <laughs> Donald saying vandals will have a field day with spray paint. Yeah. If you think autonomous cars get uh, get attacked and sprayed, wait wait till the uh, the people next, next door to you uh, with their fire pit see your fancy schmancy uh, trailer pull up. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's Al, the Pebble Al, Flow. Al's agreeing with me. That's a huge Rob Me magnet. The pe- the Pebble Flow. Let me <laughs> tell you like more about it. It debuted in the fall of 2023, so it's pretty new. And I saw an ad for this last night on a website, a webpage I was looking at. I'm like, what the hell is that thing? It is a pull-behind trailer with a self-propelling powertrain, very similar to one of their competitors, but the Pebble Mobility has an invented, self-propelled, self-powered, remote-controlled trailer. It's 25 feet long, sleeps four people, has its own electric motor. It propels itself, saving on the power needed by the car dragging it along. So again, 25 feet Until long. Until it decides that it doesn't need you. It has a tow capacity of 6,200 pounds. It is 100% electric. 
leading the industry, I'm they sorry, say, Kim. toward I a to go to sustainable future. Left. If you pre-order your Pebble Flow now, it'll come to you in late 2024. On its own? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> meep, meep, I'm here. It comes in two versions. One is $109,000 and oh, one is $125,000. That's got to be an extremely niche market. I don't know. I mean, if uh, there's a lot of RVers out there and a lot of people will pay big money for an RV. A lot of them are bigger than this. This isn't that big. Unless you're going to live in it, I, you know, um, but you could I totally go pointed that out. Unless you're going to live in it. Like, I, why? Because yeah. the people I know with money, they don't like to they don't like to rough it. This could totally go off grid, you know, self powered, self propelled. Yeah, people with money don't want to go off grid unless they're like, you know, um, you know, expecting the apocalypse. And by self propelled, you still need a car to pull it. So it's not going to, you, you can't just drive this thing you around. You want to just take it off. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Can you believe uh, that? A hundred grand for that thing? I mm. don't think it's going to be a big seller, but I no. agree that it uh, exists. Just as uh, yeah. this exists. Are you oh, ready sorry. for this? I'm trying to I'll go. You, You're trying you to go. drive again. Yeah. <laughs> you go. If we ever go on the road, oh. one of us is driving at a time. Um, this is a man-made private island, the Monaco, that can be sailed around the world with pools. We're focusing on things that no one can afford today <laughs> with helipad and mini submarine, right? Is helipad a, and mini submarine. It's a, it's a giant catamaran. Is that right? Yeah. Um, well, Kim, please hold your questions to the end of the presentation. <laughs> The Again? yacht features a circuit modeled after the famous F1 track. That's right. The streets of Monaco is a grandiose concept design, which aims to recreate the famed city of luxury in Formula One racing. Um, yeah, that's right. F1 fans mm. can experience a true thrill on a famous Grand Prix circuit, which can accommodate three carts side by side. The racing track stretches the whole boat and passes the famous Monaco sites. But that's not the only resemblance to this lavish French city. The floating island will also include a casino and a replica of the Hotel de Paris, the well-known city landmark. The yacht stretches across 500 feet and features swimming pools, tennis courts, helicopter pad, gym, and bar. The signature architecture and buildings of Monte Carlo, Monte Carlo can be seen atop the yacht, creating an illusion of a real-life city. The oasis is yet another focal point of the opulent yacht. This regal area, which serves as the main boarding point for the ship, is inspired by the exquisite gardens of the Monaco Casino. When entering the yacht, the attention is drawn by a waterfall in the center lounge. Um, look at these photos, or these renderings. Um, the section of the ship fe features multi-level pools that cascade into one another and a serene mm. jacuzzi. Guests can also enjoy a spa equipped with sauna and steam rooms. And the street of Monaco has seven guest suites, each with a private bathroom, reception room, dressing room, bedroom, and balcony. The owner's suite, which spreads across all three floors and spans over uh, a whopping 15,000 square feet. Along with the usual amenities and a fireplace, the master bedroom also includes a personal jacuzzi. You need, you need, you need that, right, Kim? And a swimming pool with a private sun deck. There while you go. On, while on your stay, you can also hop on a sightseeing submarine for deep, uh, a deep dive tour of the ocean. Um, so the concept images show a beach deck with smaller boats and jet skis where they can be parked with an uncanny resemblance to Monaco. Uh, it's easy to forget that you're on a yacht if it weren't for the view of the vast ocean that opens up from the uh, floor to uh, floor to ceiling windows. Um, yeah, so this is uh, pretty insane. When you had that other picture on, I think they had a picture of the submersible there. You could see that um, the little submarine. Ooh, look at that! Wow, that's fancy. Yeah, on the original. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there's there's a submarine yeah. right there. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. So you you can't. I mean, you can't go stay here, right? Uh, it says it says it's talking about staying, but I don't. I, I guess you would have to have. It says it's a, a concept design, so I don't think they've actually built it yet. Hmm. Um, I don't like it when articles aren't clear about that, but I don't think yeah. it's. Um, I don't think it's built yet, but the plans are to build it, and then oh. it sounds like you could stay there. But I, I think you need to know like uh, Richard Branson or uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> have a big connection, otherwise. Yeah, no, every thank reference you. here is to, and obviously there's no real, real pictures, and they're talking about uh, it being, uh, you know, um, uh, being uh, 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 concept design. Sorry. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's beautiful. I don't know why somebody would put their money into this, but this it's cool. Hey, I mean, look at Dubai. Why yeah. Anybody put any money into any of this stuff, but uh, well, I can't afford it. No, me neither. Before we go, <laughs> I did want to mention this story. And if, you know, you were shocked by all the prices of the Super Bowl this year, maybe you want to go next year. 
Next year's Super Bowl is going to be in New Orleans, which a lot of people are excited about. The countdown, once the other Super Bowl, this year's Super Bowl is done, people start counting down to the next one in New Orleans. And it's apparently time to book, according to Travel Pulse. The Big Easy is one of the most prolific Super Bowl hosts ever, uh, as it will tie with Miami for 11 games hosted next year. Uh, the Caesar Superdome will host its record eighth Super Bowl February 9th of 2025. February. Thank you, Gene. Uh, last hosted in 2013, New Orleans. But according to Travel Pulse, it is time to book. Influx of visitors for the championship matchup is expected to provide a jolt to small businesses across the city and the region and airlines are already gearing up for next year's Super Bowl with United running a special big game marketing campaign encouraging travelers to book their flight to New Orleans right away to take advantage of their no change fee policy. So if you believe in your team, this is the way to put your money where your mouth is, right? Book it now. I just don't care about football that much. No, me neither. I think Mm -mm. it's a better experience when you watch it on TV. Kind of like baseball when I'd see the Giants in person. It's like trying to focus on what you're looking at and then being distracted by the people next to you. Like, I enjoy the experience for what it is, but not in terms of watching the actual game. And like, you know, the camera director, they actually direct you where you should be looking. I just find that more relaxing and more enjoyable at home with the food that doesn't cost, you know, $60 like the nachos at the Super Bowl this year. It is kind of cool, though, that the Super Bowl will come on the same general, you know, time frame as Mardi Gras right. in New Orleans. And so that could be really fun. And I've never It'll been be there. a mess. It'll be a total mess. Speaking of it's, a mess, our yeah. timing today, Mama says JD is on yard duty. So we must thank oh. those that are to be thanked. Who's the Kimba, fun one who, now? Who are our regular, who are our regular, <laughs> who are our ongoing <laughs> contributors that we want to thank? Ooh. We have we have ongoing contributors. Yes, we do. Susan S., thank you for being an ongoing contributor to the show. Pamela K., happy 30th anniversary, and thank you for your contribution. And Wes for the $5 super sticker. So appreciated. And the $10 super sticker. So nice. Jim throwing down $5 as well. Thank you, guys. Have a really great afternoon, and tomorrow is Valentine's Day. We'll be back with a love-filled edition of the After Party Live. Or a cynical one. Have a great afternoon, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye.